Corporations, these are probably the most well-known entity type, I would say. We always talk about LLCs and how easy they are to set up, but I think corporations are just much more established. When you think of a big company, you think of a corporation. So when is a corporation the right, or let's talk about what a corporation is first. Yeah, and you're correct that corporations are very well known. And one of the reasons they are very well known is they are a much older business entity than limited liability companies or LLCs. LLCs really only came into existence as a commonplace entity in the 90s. Corporations have been around for years and years. And so people do tend to be more comfortable with terms like shareholders and stockholders and the board of directors. These are just things that people tend to understand. And so to get to the question of what is a corporation, well, at the high level, a corporation is a separate legal entity from the owners through which a business is operated. So if I wanted to start a business, I, I, I could go set up a corporation with the state that I live in by filing documents with the state that we'll get, get to in a minute. And the effect of that is that if I have a barbershop that I want to operate as a corporation, then I would go to the state and I would set up Joey's Barbershop Incorporated or Joey's Barbershop Inc. And what that means is that I've established a separate entity through which I do business. So at the high level, that's what a corporation is, is just its own separate legal entity through which you operate your company. And in order to have a corporation, what are the necessary documents that every corporation needs in order to function properly? So the, the three basic documents that you need to get your corporation are the, off the ground are the Certificate of Incorporation, sometimes also called Articles of Incorporation or a Certificate of Formation. They all mean the same thing. It just depends on what the state that you live in calls the document. The purpose of that document, which is filed with the state government, is to establish the corporation as a legal entity. It, it is a way of telling the state, I am opening up a corporation and this is what it's called and this is where it's located. It's the basic filing that you make to get the corporation established. The second document you need is an employment identification number. I should say employer identification number, which is a document that you obtain from the federal government, the IRS, in order to establish a new tax account for your corporation. This allows you to open up a bank account in the name of the corporation, do your taxes separately, etc. The third main document in setting up a corporation are called bylaws. Bylaws are just a fancy way of saying the rules by which your corporation does business. That document is not filed anywhere. It's an internal document only and lays out the rules of your company, such as how officers are elected, how the board of directors are elected, when the shareholders get to take votes, when meetings are held, how stock is issued, things of that nature. So with those three documents, you've established your corporation, you have established a federal tax account for your corporation, and you've put the rules of your corporation in place. Okay. 
So we have everything set up, but I did mention you say that in the bylaws, you mentioned distributing shares. So unlike in LLC, the shares are not created and distributed at the time of formation. They're done through a separate document. Is that correct? Can you go into a little more detail about that? Right. So the way when a corporation is established in your articles of incorporation, you will pick a number of shares that your corporation is authorized to issue. So if I set up ABC Tile Corporation, in my articles of incorporation, I might say that this corporation is authorized to issue up to 1 million shares of stock. Now that is an authorized amount only. That doesn't mean that I have issued 1 million shares of stock to anybody or that I have to issue 1 million shares of stock to anybody. It just gives me a pool of stock to work with. I would then, after I've gotten the corporation established and the board of directors in place and my bylaws in place, I would then begin to issue stock to the owners of the corporation. And the issuance of stock can take several forms. Some folks like the more old fashioned approach of issuing physical stock certificates. And these are sheets of paper that are sometimes on thick and fancy types of paper that state that the corporation is issuing X number of shares to such and such individual. Another way that you can issue stock is to maintain a stock ledger, in which case you would have a written agreement with stockholders that states how much stock a person is buying in your corporation. And then you would list that stock on your stock ledger as opposed to physically handing someone a stock certificate. So those are the two main ways of issuing stock. And along with both of those ways is another document, which is fairly common, which is a stock purchase agreement. Because in a corporation, you have to buy the stock. Now you can make the price of the stock very, very low, thousandth of a cent, a tenth of a cent. It can be pennies per share of stock to the initial owners. And through a stock purchase agreement, the owners will agree to buy those shares of stock. And then you would then issue the stock to them with stock certificates or by listing them on a stock ledger. Okay. So the creation of the stock happens in the bylaws, correct? Not exactly. The bylaws will explain how to, how the board of directors can cause the corporation to issue stock. So the board of directors would make, would make a decision to issue the stock, and then they would use one of these various methods to do that. Okay, so the bylaws says how the stock is created. Then the board of directors creates the stock and then separately issues the stock. Is that correct? The way that the stock is created is a combination of the articles of incorporation, which authorize the number of shares of stock that you can issue. In other words, it's the articles of incorporation that say this corporation is allowed to issue a certain number of shares of stock. It's then the bylaws that explain how the board of directors gets together and approves the, the actual issuance of those authorized shares. Okay, so let's talk about the advantages and disadvantages of a corporation now. So 
the disadvantages I think are kind of what we just were talking about, which are that there's just a lot of moving pieces to get this thing set up and running. What other disadvantages, and we're going to go with disadvantages first, what other disadvantages does a corporation have in general? Right. So when you talk about disadvantages, you're you're mostly comparing a corporation to the your main alternative, which would be a limited liability company. And so the primary disadvantages of a corporation are, as you mentioned it, and as I have discussed already, the formation process and the setup process is a little more complicated than setting up an LLC. With a, with a corporation, you have this interplay between the articles of incorporation and the bylaws and stock shares and stock certificates. And so there's a lot of moving parts with a corporation. It's not overwhelming and it's not impossible to do. And there are plenty of options for setting up a corporation fairly easily, but it does tend to be slightly more complicated than a limited liability company in which the the articles of formation are fairly straightforward. The operating agreement combines a number of documents into one, that being the operating agreement explains all of the rules of the company the same way that the bylaws do. And the operating agreement immediately issues membership interest or ownership interest in the LLC. So you don't have this interplay between articles of incorporation, bylaws, stock purchase agreements, stock ledgers, and stock certificates. It's it's just all contained in one document, and it tends to be a little bit cleaner. Some of the other disadvantages of a corporation compared to an LLC are that a corporation has less tax flexibility than an LLC. An LLC can actually elect to be taxed in a number of different ways. If the LLC is owned by a single individual, it can be it, you can elect to disregard the LLC for tax purposes and report your taxes on your own personal income tax. If an LLC is owned by multiple people, the LLC can elect to be taxed as a partnership, as a C corporation, or as an S corporation, all of which have varying advantages or disadvantages, but you can pick the one that makes the best tax sense for your uh, company. In a corporation, you can only choose between a C corporation and an S corporation. So there's a little less tax flexibility with a, with a corporation compared to an LLC. I would say that the last major disadvantage of a corporation is inflexibility in how profits are shared among the owners. In an LLC, you can get very creative with how money gets paid out. You could say things like, I want 20% to go to John, and then I want the next 20% to go to Joey. And then after that, I want them to split it 10% each and 80% should go to everybody else. You can get very nitty gritty with how you deal with the economics of the ownership of the business. In a corporation, every share of stock of the same class, and there can be multiple classes of stock, but anyone who owns the same share of stock as someone else has the same economic rights as that other person, generally speaking. And so it creates difficulty if you're trying to implement an unusual way of distributing the profits of a business. I would say those are your three main disadvantages of a corporation. And to, to add one more thing to the tax disadvantage, 
A corporation can never elect to be taxed as a partnership. It has to choose between C-Corp taxation and S-Corp taxation, which I'll explain the difference to in a, in a minute. But unless you qualify for S-Corp taxation, a C-Corporation is taxed twice. In other words, if your corporation doesn't qualify for S-Corp taxation, your corporation is by default a C-Corporation for tax purposes, meaning that the corporation will be taxed once on the corporation's profits. And then when the remaining profits are distributed to the shareholders as dividends, the shareholders will be taxed on those dividends, which is not the case if you're an LLC that elects partnership or S-Corp taxation. So that last piece gets an, into the weeds a bit and we'll talk about it more, but that's one additional reason that the tax situation with a corporation can be more frustrating than with, with an LLC. Now, all of that to be said, a, a corporation is not this tremendously difficult thing to set up. In the grand scheme of things, it is easier to set up an LLC, in my opinion. But if you have good reasons for picking a corporation, it's something that can certainly be done. What are the advantages of a corporation? The advantages of corporation are something we touched on at the very beginning of this process, which was it is something that is fairly well understood by most, most people. People understand shares of stock. People understand what a board of directors is and, and how a board of directors operates. And so one advantage of a corporation is it just tends to be more comfortable to people. They understand the terminology better and, and generally understand how a corporation works. The other advantages of a corporation depend on the, the type of business you're operating. A lot of technology startup companies, for example, choose to incorporate as corporations and very often corporations in Delaware. And one of the primary reasons for that is only a corporation can go public, can have an initial public offering or an IPO. So if you're the type of company that's planning to grow quickly, take on a lot of investment capital and recycle your profits back into the business and continue to push growth so that one day your business can be the next Facebook or a business that, that has gotten so large that it would like to offer stock on the National Stock Exchange, then a corporation is what you want to do. And so if that's the type of business you're operating, then a corporation is hands down the business type that you want to choose. If I'm an LLC and my business is starting to grow pretty rapidly, and I do foresee that I want to become a public company on a stock exchange in the future, can I convert my LLC into a corporation? Yes, you can. And that is a, a very common strategy, in fact, because, again, the ease of setting up an LLC and operating an LLC compared to a corporation makes it a good choice when you're just starting your business. And so a lot of people do choose to start with an LLC and later convert to a corporation. Now, there are some headaches that come along with that. And so if you are very confident early on that 
your business is intended to grow quickly and move in the direction of an initial public offering or a high growth company, then I would go ahead and start as a corporation. But if you're not sure that whether you want to be a corporation or an LLC, I would definitely recommend that you start with the LLC and later make the decision to switch to a corporation. And if I wanted to do that conversion, I would just talk to an accountant or an attorney, correct? Correct. That's a, that's a, a very complicated process. It's, it's a common thing to do. And so lawyers and accountants are very able to handle it, but it's definitely not something you should try to do yourself. So I heard you mention Delaware and I've heard Delaware as a state thrown out all over the place when talking about corporations. Why does everyone love Delaware corporations so much? Why is Delaware the state to become a corporation in? I think the simplest answer to that question is because investors want you to be in Delaware. And they want you to be in Delaware because they are used to seeing it. There was a time when Delaware had clear advantages over other states when it came to setting up a corporation. Delaware was uh, much more lenient on taxes and in many cases did not have taxes that other states charged to corporations. And that is no longer necessarily correct. There are many, many business-friendly states in the United States where the, the tax ramifications and the economic ramifications of establishing a corporation in that state are the same as if you set the, the corporation up in Delaware. So from a tax or economic perspective, Delaware is no longer the hands down obvious choice. The one continuing and prevailing reason that Delaware is seen as a friendly place for corporations is what's called the Delaware Chancery Court. And this is a separate court system that, that applies only to corporations. They, Delaware literally has an entire set of law, an entire court system specifically for, for corporations. And so they have very clear rules. They have very clear standards that corporations and their officers and directors must follow so that there's less guesswork as to whether a corporation can take a certain action or whether a director can engage in certain conduct. So you do have a, a better set of uh, case law and statutes in Delaware than most other states. And for that reason, it is a, a good place to do business. But it is not the only place to start a corporation, and you don't have to start a corporation in Delaware. However, if you are planning to raise a significant amount of capital from investors and specifically from venture capital groups, they are going to expect and often demand that you be incorporated in Delaware. If I have a corporation formed in Delaware, but my home office is in Dallas, Texas, say, how do I operate a Delaware corporation from my home state of Texas? So what you have to do is you would, you would incorporate in the same way that you would always incorporate a corporation. You would file your articles of incorporation in Delaware, set up your EIN, put your bylaws in place. And then you would register 
that corporation to do business in your home state. So let's say the corporation is operating out of Texas. You would have a Delaware corporation that is registered to do business in Texas. Now, the the downside to that is that you effectively have to make annual compliance filings in both Delaware and Texas to keep your entity in good standing in both states. And there may be some taxes that you're required to pay in Texas that maybe you don't have to pay in Delaware. But registering to do business in a different state is not overly challenging if you have a qualified company or professional helping you. And if you are doing business in a state other than where you incorporate, it's very important that you do register to do business in that state for certain legal reasons. Many states, if you fail to register to do business in their state, you are not afforded the right to sue other individuals in court, for example. And in some states, you're not afforded the right to defend yourself. And so it's very important that if you are, in fact, doing business in a state other than where you incorporate, that you register to do business there. Let's dive into this a little deeper because Delaware corporations are so popular and obviously very very small part of the population lives in Delaware. So does that mean that I need to create a Delaware corporation and a Texas corporation? Or do I create a Delaware corporation and then just register in Texas? How does that work? Yeah, you're the the latter of the two that you just mentioned is correct. You you are not forming two different corporations. It is one corporation formed in Delaware. And then you file a effectively a registration statement in Texas that says, hey, Texas, I have a corporation in Delaware, but I'm going to be doing business in your state as well. And Texas then puts you on its records as a, as a company doing business in Texas, and you'll be subject to all of the obligations that a corporation in Texas is subject to and, and all of the legal rights that a corporation is subject to, namely the ability to file suit, defend yourself in a court of law, pursue customers in Texas for unpaid bills, that type of thing. It's, it's effectively a notice, a, regist- a, st- a foreign registration is what this is called. And it's effectively putting the other state on notice that you're doing business in their state. Explain further what you mean by a foreign, is it a foreign filing? It, it, there's multiple names that it goes by, but any time that you register a business formed in one state to do business in another state, it's called, there are a number of ways that it's referred to. One way is what I've, what I've been saying, which is registering to do business in another state. Shorter versions of that are called foreign filings or foreign registrations. If the Texas registration is called a foreign filing, then what is a Delaware corporation if I form in Delaware versus my home corporation? So the state where you form the corporation, the incorporating document is typically called Articles of Incorporation, a Certificate of Incorporation, or a Certificate of Formation. The exact name depends on the state that you're in. That's the document that you file where you set the the corporation up. When you go registered to do business in another state, you are filing a registration to do business. And this takes many names. It can be 
a registration of foreign entity to do business in Texas, for example, or a foreign filing registration or a uh, foreign registration of business. There are many ways that it's said and referred to, but it is not another certificate of incorporation or articles of incorporation. What are the different types of corporations that exist? So in terms of types of corporations, you know, any business can be a corporation. So in terms of the type of business that you're operating, you can, you can incorporate any type of business as a corporation. The two main types of corporations that people tend to talk about are C corporations and S corporations or C corps and S corps. The C and the S do not change the fact that the business is a corporation. The C and the S have to do with the way that the IRS treats the corporation for tax purposes. You said the word corp and I hear corporation and I hear Inc and co. Are these all the same things? And if they are, what other variations of the word corporation or nicknames of corporations exist? Those are all the same thing. They all mean a corporation, right? So there are tons of ways that you can say it. You can say co, you can say corp, you can say corporation, inc, incorporated. There's a lot of different ways to say it, but all of those things denote a corporation. And you talked about C-Corps and S-Corps. And that's what a lot of people talk about. What is the difference between a C-Corp and an S-Corp? So can you give us the Cliff's Notes of what those are? I, I know that they refer to taxes specifically, I believe. Correct me if I'm wrong. But what is the crux of those two things since everybody talks about it all the time? So the differences between those two are tax-related only. When you set up a C corporation and when you set up an S corporation, you are filing the same type of document with the state. You are setting up the same types of bylaws. The documents in that regard are very similar and the corporation in that regard is very similar. There are still stockholders. There are still a board of directors and officers. So the legal structure of a C corporation and an S corporation are nearly identical. The only difference is how they are treated for tax purposes. A C corporation is subject to what is known as double taxation. And what that means is that at the end of the year, you have to tally up the profits that your corporation generated and you have to pay corporate tax to the IRS. Then if you were to share your profits with the shareholders by issuing a dividend, the shareholders would then have to pay personal income tax on those dividends. The profits of your business will get taxed at the corporate level and then again at the individual shareholder level. It's one of the primary reasons that people do not use C corporations without good reason. That being said, the, the changes in the recent tax legislation at the federal level reduced the corporate income tax rate 
down in the neighborhood of 20%, which was a significant reduction. And as a result of that, the double taxation of a C corporation can still come out to something very close to the taxation of a pass-through entity such as a limited liability or an S corporation. But nevertheless, a C corporation is subject to double taxation, and that is one of the primary differences between a C corporation and an S corporation. An S corporation is what's known as a pass-through tax entity. That means that the profits of the corporation are not taxed at the corporate level. They are only taxed when they are paid out to the corporation's shareholders. So there is only one level of taxation in an S corporation. Now, there are restrictions on your ability to use an S corporation because right off the bat, that makes it seem obvious that you would, of course, use an S corporation given the choice between a C corp and an S corp. But there are restrictions on an S corporation that can come sometimes make it impossible for you to use an S corporation. And the restrictions are first, every owner of the corporation must be located in the United States and must be a citizen of the United States. Every shareholder of an S corporation must be an individual person. It cannot be another company. So anybody who wanted to invest in your corporation must invest as an individual. And for that reason, many venture capital firms, or I, I should say all venture capital firms that you would be interested in investing in your company cannot invest in an S corporation. So you would have to be a, a C corporation in that situation. The final restriction on S corporations is that S corporations can have no more than 100 shareholders. And so you can see that obviously, if you were to ever need significant investment from a significant number of investors, an S corporation will not work for you. The final obvious problem with an S corporation is if you ever see your company going public or trying to issue an IPO, you cannot do it as an S corporation. You must do it as a C corporation. So those restrictions, oh, and I'm sorry, there's one more restriction, which is to say that an S corporation can only have one class of stock. One of, the, one of the uses of a C corporation is to issue multiple classes of stock with varying rights among the varying classes. In an S corporation, you can only have one class of stock. And so S corporations are great for small, tightly held or privately held operating businesses. They are not ideal for the typical type of corporation that's trying to invest in growth grow quickly, take on outside venture capital investment, and head toward high growth and in an initial public offering. And so while an S-Corp is very advantageous from a tax perspective, there are simply situations where you can't use them. To create a C-Corp or an S-Corp, do I go through a different process? You do not. You file the same type of articles of incorporation, Although in an S corporation, you can only authorize one type of stock, one class of stock, whereas in a C corporation, you could authorize multiple classes of stock. You have very similar bylaws, except that the bylaws of an S corporation are going to restrict you from engaging in these activities that would make it so that you no longer uh, qualify for S corporation treatment. 
And you would get an EIN for both a C corporation and an S corporation, with the only difference there being that when you get your EIN or tax ID, you will specify to the federal government that you are either electing to be treated as a C corporation or an S corporation for tax purposes. You'll issue stock in similar ways um, and you'll operate the business in very similar ways. So the, the setup process is extremely similar with only those certain key points differentiating the C corporation versus S corporation. Minus the legal documents, minus creating stuff within the bylaws, when I'm creating a C corp or an S corp, depending on which one I go with, do I have to tell the state which I'm choosing or do I only tell the IRS that I'm choosing to be an S corp or a C corp? You only tell the IRS. The state doesn't even ask you that question because, again, the the only difference between a C corporation and an S corporation is how the federal government is going to treat you for tax purposes. And so then obviously my bylaws are going to be different depending on whether I have a C corp or an S corp, or I guess they could be the same as long as my S corp follows the rules of a C corp, my bylaws could be almost identical to a C corp. That's correct. The bylaws are, will be nearly identical and some bylaws may not even get into the distinction, but I would say that the only difference you would see between the two bylaws is some sort of restriction in an S corporation's bylaws against doing anything that would cause your corporation to no longer qualify as an S corporation. Let's talk about that a bit and dig deeper. Can I go from a C corp to an S corp? And if so, can I go from an S corp to a C corp? You can, you, you cannot just do it over and over again as often as you want. Now, I'm not a CPA, so I don't know the exact time frames, but I can say that while you can switch from one to another, it is a significant task to do so and is complicated. And you should only do it once would be my recommendation. It would be perfectly fine to start out as an S corporation while your company is very small. And once you are prepared to grow and, and you can no longer live within the restrictions of an S corporation to convert to a C corporation, but there are likely to be tax consequences when you do that and you cannot do it frequently. But if I do that, if I start as an S corp, because that seems to be the right way to go for a small company, and then I want, then I start growing and I want to become public and then I want to convert into a C-Corp, it seems like there might be a lot of headaches depending on how I was running my S-Corp. If I was taking full advantage of everything that an S-Corp allows me, then it seems like converting into a corporation, for example, if I have five different types of stock classes, then I'm going to have to convert all of those into one. What is the headache like to do the conversion from an S-Corp to a C-Corp? Well, what you just mentioned would be a conversion from a C-Corp to an S-Corp, because remember, an S-Corp can only have one class of stock. And so you would, you would never convert an S-Corp with multiple classes of stock into a single class C-Corp. It would, it would be the opposite. But I understand your question. And there is a lot of challenge in doing this, particularly 
depending on how long your business has been operating and, and how many people are involved. If, if one or two owners are involved, the conversion process is significantly less complicated. And that's why I say, if you are going to convert to a C-Corp, you should do it before your business has been wildly successful and is large and has a lot of people and a lot of investors to deal with. Because you're correct that changing from an S-Corp to a C-Corp or vice versa, it's, it's more common to see an S-Corp convert to a C-Corp. But doing that is a complicated process. You would absolutely need to involve your CPA and your attorney in that process if your business has, has become a large business with many people and investors and employees and officers and directors and shareholders involved. So the short answer to your question is, yes, it is a complicated process to make that conversion. You should only do it once and you should only do it if you've got a really good reason for it. If I am a corporation, because I thought I was going to grow really big, and then I just ended up with a profitable business and I'm the only owner, I didn't end up taking any investors, but I still have all of these requirements that a corporation puts on me, like the the meeting minutes and, and all the other things that, that you've mentioned earlier. If I just decided I want to simplify my corporation, could I convert my corporation into an LLC? Yes, you can. You, you can convert a corporation into an LLC. You can convert an LLC into a corporation. The logistics from a legal perspective of doing those things are not overly complicated, although an individual with no experience in this area could not do it themselves. The process is fairly standard, in other words, but you have to know exactly how to do it to do it right. You, you make certain filings with the state to note that you are converting. You have several internal documents that you would need to draft to make sure that everybody's on the same page about how the company is, is being operated and, and will be operated after you convert and the ownership interest, economic interest, et cetera. Yes, you can convert from a corporation to an LLC or vice versa with, again, the most challenging aspect of that being the tax situation. And so, again, if you have a if you have a very successful company or, or a company that generates significant revenue, if you have many investors and you convert from a corporation that was a C corporation and you're trying to convert into an LLC that's going to be taxed as a partnership, you have a significant tax situation that you would need to discuss with your CPA and potentially even a tax attorney to make sure that you handle that correctly from a tax perspective. So while you can make those changes, and many people often do, uh, you've just got to make sure that you're careful in how you do it. Lastly, I know that there are professional LLCs. Are there also professional corporations and who should use those? There are professional corporations in most, if not all states. A professional corporation is simply a corporation that is owned only by professionals who are licensed to engage in the business of the corporation, such as doctors, lawyers, uh, accountants. Those are your most classic professionals. So those types of individuals can set up professional corporations. Not just anybody can set up a professional corporation. And if you're if you have a question about whether your profession is one that supports a professional corporation, you'll have to look at your state's specific requirements. 
So your state determines whether or not, let's say I'm an architect. I might need a professional corporation in Texas, but not in Nebraska. That's correct. Most states will will actually have promulgated lists of every type of licensed professional that is authorized or required to set up a professional corporation. 